0: Africa and African, Mondays at 7 p.m., Africa Today on your Pacifica radio station, KPFA 94.1 FM. And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, 97.5 K248BR in Santa Cruz, and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3 p.m. Stay tuned next for Cover to Cover with Jennifer Stone.
1: Uh.
0: Is Tuesday, the 21st? Aha! It's summer. Oh, my God. It's the first day of summer. <sighs> Last weekend was Father's Day. I tried to listen to the mail stream media, the radio and the TV. I wanted to catch the drift, see if anything has changed, you know. Okay. Oh. Okay, every day is Father's Day, that's for sure. <laughs> the old cliches, you know. Uh, uh-huh. My favorite was a quote I found for Father's Day. Yes, I found this quote. It comes from the younger, a younger son of Osama bin Laden. You remember Osama killed by the U.S. military on May the 2nd of this year old news anyway father of the year he was yes father of fear yes nine eleven. anyway omar the younger son omar bin laden the son wrote uh my father hated his enemies more than he loved his sons I like that. Um, It's one of the things I keep saying. Nothing will change until the fathers love their sons more than they hate their enemies. Well, all of us actually more than the... uh, would be all the parents have to love children more than they hate enemies. Let's see, where'd I find that bit? Um, I found it in the 16 May issue of the New Yorker Magazine, My Little Bible. The issue with, um, it's the issue with Ben Laden, Osama, Ben Laden's face on the cover (laughs) It's almost completely scratched out, kind of an arty, uh, cover there. They got his face with the turban, but it's all scratched out. Uh, you know, the way you scratch out lottery tickets, that kind of thing. Uh, anyway, uh, let me read you just a little paragraph, uh, from this bit. Uh, it's by Steve Call, C-O-L-L ben Ladens titled the outlaw uh, ben Laden had at least four wives and twenty children. His life didn 't end in total familial isolation. He died in the company of his youngest wife, a Yemeni woman in her twenties uh, as well as at least one of his sons uh, for many years he had been estranged from others of his children. <laughs> Deadbeat dad. Okay. Uh that's not in in uh, Steve's article. Anyway, uh the article goes on to say that as far as is known, his eldest son, that's uh Abdullah, uh never saw his father after leaving for Jeddah. Uh right um interesting he left for Jeddah when he came of age he went there and opened an advertising agency uh, it the agency has shuttered its website its current status is unclear so we don't know about that son um <laughs> Osama Osama Pear daddy died at the age of 53 um he had, according to this article, become, quote, a little cranky. Oh, yeah. sounds like a dad. The article insists, or they he states, Steve Call states, that Osama was not an aesthetic or intellectual innovator. Uh, and, uh, yes, he describes Osama's medieval aims and high tech means, uh, but he, implies, pretty much states that um, Osama bin Laden is not, was not, in any sense, a father of the Arab Spring. I think that rings true. Um, as I said, uh, the eldest son split early. This article, once again, is titled, The Outlaw... Check it out, 16 May, New York, or let me read you one more sentence about this little ending here, uh, where the younger son speaks up. Omar bin Laden, a younger son of Osama, left his father in Afghanistan in 1999 and later co-wrote a memoir with his mother, Najwa. That's spelled N-A-J-W-A. I may have mispronounced it. She, uh, the cousin whom Osama had married when he was 17 and she was 15. (laughs) Yes. Oh, yes. So old-fashioned. Anyway, in the book, writes Steve, in this book, the memoir, Omar wrote that he had lost faith in his father. As a young adult, in war-ravaged Afghanistan, he lost faith when Osama suggested that he and his brothers consider taking up suicide bombing in the Taliban's cause. The boys demurred. Omar never got over the request. He wrote, quote, My father... Hated his enemies more than he loved his sons. That's not a very complicated test (laughs) of love, but I I think that pretty much sums it up. You ask your kids to be a kamikaze uh, pilot or to blow themselves up. I think you are asking them to do blood sacrifice in the oldest tradition. So it goes bloody biblical stuff story of abraham you remember that one if god tells you to sacrifice your son his son too so be it the time of the patriarchs was the time of jealous gods all that psychology is so simplistic uh I kind of see it's simple, yes, man's ego, super ego, I guess. It's what causes him to believe that his God is the God, in effect, Big Daddy himself. You know, God theology, I think, it's right there in Psychology 101. All of us have a bit of this pathology... I think we all want others to have faith in us. I was reading Sophie Tolstoy last night, wife of uh, Leo Tolstoy, the great Russian writer. She's brokenhearted because her husband, Leo Tolstoy, she says, does not believe in her. I think I know what she means, but it's a confusing word, yes. uh, Belief in the other. Of course, when this pathology, this very human quality demands that other people die for us or for our cause, well, it gets pretty murky there, you know. Think of all the big daddies who take their families with them as to the grave. They want the company. Historically, big daddies have taken their servants and their slaves and their wives and children. Anything or anyone who ever served them in their life, um, Shaka Zulu comes to mind. Today's megalomaniacs often do this metaphorically. Uh, hmm, think of my own father. Oh, dear, dear, let's not go down that road. Picasso was a great father figure. When he died, uh, say, a grandson tried to kill himself. I think he succeeded, right? He drank poison or something. Uh, His wife uh, uh, and then another woman lover, they all joined Picasso in death. Ah, strange, the power of Big Daddy. George Bernard Shaw once noted that selfishness, human selfishness, is not doing your own thing. Selfishness is demanding that others do your thing. The artist, for example, is allowed to develop his talent, you know, any way he can. Uh, sometimes this is done at the expense of others. Uh, I remember as a young woman saying, no, I can't come to Aunt Julie's party or I can't do this or that, uh little thing some family responsibility because i'm too important i have to go to rehearse for my play blah 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 i was told what a selfish girl i was no i i think i knew what was mine and what belonged to others uh i think what is that something else shaw said just came to me he said uh he said if you sack.
1: You're listening to KPFA. We're having technical difficulties. Stay tuned. Thank you for bearing with us on our technical difficulties at the moment. Jennifer Stone will return next week at the same time, same day. Please stay on the air.
0: Listeners, friends, comrades, thank you for coming to KPFA's author events. Thereby supporting KPFA as well as many independent progressive writers. This is Bob Baldock assuring you that Ken Preston, Catherine Horsley, and I will again this fall be offering you remarkably inexpensive seats to hear and meet such relevant writers as philosopher Martha Nussbaum, Chris Hedges, with his new book, America, The Farewell Tour. D.D. Dee Dee Guttenplan of The Nation magazine, Michael Lerner of Tikkun, the profoundly wonderful Alice Walker, Peter Phillips and Mickey Huff of Project Censored, Buddhist teacher Joan Halifax, brilliant historian Adam Hochschild, Mideast expert Reese Ehrlich with Norman Solomon, and the merry, mindful, mystic Gary Gock. There will be more. Please keep an eye on the KPFA website and your ear